I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. It is the 13th of August. Great to have you here with us. I'm Nadine Blaney. Uh, who are you again? I'm Scotty. And I'm, right. uh, I'm getting excited. I can smell the weekend coming. <laughs> we love a Thursday around here, almost, I think, as much as a Friday, just the anticipation. Uh, we also love reporting season. Scotty, we'll get there in a minute, but I'd like to just talk you know, to the index level. We saw the XJO off by 7 tenths of a percent, the Chi X 200 as well. That's a pretty disappointing performance when you consider we had the S&P 500, you know, touching all time highs. Yes, it didn't end there, but still it was a positive session in the U.S. And we saw positivity around the region today. So what gives? It is in question. What gives is the uh, the banks got hammered again. So uh, it seems to be uh, no, a bit of rotation going out of the financials. That's post CBA's result we saw yesterday. Uh, we get an update from NAB tomorrow. But uh, obviously, uh, when you have the biggest component by market weight of the index uh, under pressure, that generally doesn't lead to a, a solid day. And that's what we saw today. You saw mixed performance materials as well. Uh, also across the uh, CSL, the biggest individual weight in the uh, index. Uh, when it falls, uh, it's almost impossible for the index to go and recover. Okay, so that's a recipe. I get it. And it all came out in the wash today. But, you know, back to that story in the US. So we were talking about a bit of selling coming through in the mega tech names, not so through the overnight period. And, um, not so for Tesla either. Yes. Where do we start with Tesla? Uh, all right. So we all know that uh, when did it announce its stock split uh, five for one? Uh, that was after market. Uh, I think on Tuesday, uh, we saw the stock rally through uh, after market trade. We saw it rally in physical trade. It ended up thirteen point one percent higher for the session. Now, it's ridiculous. Let's be honest. We've got a stock split. So the, the reasons that I read. And I've seen multiple stock splits in my time in markets. I've not been a stock person, but I've seen it multiple times. So the whole theory goes, oh, I can draw more retail investors back into the market. Uh, make it, from a psychological perspective, it, it's more enticing because it's fallen. Uh, maybe some uh, derivatives trading activity might pick up as well. Bollocks. It's the fact that a company can rally 13%. Uh, on a news of a stock split just shows how much speculation there is in the market. Uh, when's it going to end? I don't know, but uh, the Federal Reserve has made it pretty clear that they've got no desire to go and try and pop asset bubbles. It's all about trying to go and reduce unemployment uh, and get their inflation target. Until that's met, uh, they're just happy to go and let it go and fester. And that's what it is. Uh, you've got these uh, ridiculous moves that are taking place in some of these stocks. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I believe in Tesla. I think it's going to be a transformative company. But uh, what's going on at the moment in some of these uh, no fringe movements is, uh, needs to be put in perspective and needs to probably be put in check as well. Yes, that's Scotty's view. That's a good one. Um, it was kind of made me think of our last conversation of the day on air together with Fraser McLeod. We were talking about reporting season and he said, yeah, earnings matter, earnings matter, but not as much as stimulus right now. 
Um, let's use that to springboard into our talk about reporting season. The best performer, one of the best performers, was Treasury Wine Estate, up by 12%. AGL Energy, down by 9%. So really showing that um, investors can move with a knee-jerk reaction if they so choose, even though Treasury Wine Estate's on first read doesn't look that positive. And AGL has actually beat some analysts' expectations, but it's all, again, about the outlook. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that uh, any form of certainty is being welcomed by markets, even if it's pretty bad news. Uh, and that's what we're seeing in some of those stocks today. Uh, a lot of the stocks that really outperformed as well during the session were those ones that have been absolutely crucified mm -hmm. in the past year or so or more. Uh, you mentioned uh, Treasury Wine Estates, AMP, another classic example today, returning uh, equity to, uh, to shareholders, uh, rewarded with that, but uh, I'm not sure what it says about, well, is it still a proud Australian institution when it comes to financial uh, advice and, uh, and things along those lines? Yeah, finding itself in the headlines though for all the wrong reasons lately when it comes to the culture of the place, but we'll leave that one there. A Breville is one that comes to mind, good result, nearly $1 billion worth of sales, price to perfection, saw the share price fall. Um, we had the pleasure of speaking with a couple of uh, gents, a couple of CEOs in the retail or in, in, the, in the property space, uh, first in the form of Charter Hall Retail REIT. We spoke with Greg Chubb, who's the CEO there. Uh, he was really talking up the resilience of the portfolio. The share price, though, did finish down by 2.36%. Uh, yeah, it's got non-discretionary categories, does still have some businesses that have been affected by government restrictions and closures. Um, you know, it was interesting to speak with him about that retail rent relief that they've had to provide and how they see the government's response to this pandemic at uh, Charter Hall. And you can listen to that interview via the show notes. Really, but, interesting, really interesting to see what's going to happen in that space. We had McGrath Nickel, of course, on the program yesterday. Yeah. And they were talking about the, uh, the rent relief, uh, you know, what's going to happen in the future. The, the big stuff is still to go and take place. So one area that is definitely going to be a lot of interest in the, in the couple of months ahead. And then we had the pleasure of speaking with the joint CEO of Centuria Capital Group, John McBain. So it is a fund manager, but it has a number of listed, unlisted funds that fall under the umbrella, and that includes in the property space. And we were talking to John about office property and their asset mix, and he said that they've had a really great experience working with tenants, not just government tenants, but some ASX top 100 companies. And he's saying that they're actually collecting 90% plus of their rent in the office market. Once again, it comes down to that's for the time being, but uh, I think the longer term outlook for office in general, I think is the uh, is one thing that a lot of investors are pondering at this stage. Uh, but look, 90% is a pretty good result, all things considered, but uh, we'll see what happens when those moratoriums and rent and loan agreements come off. Also, when we start seeing a bit of this uh, JobKeeper and JobSeeker pullback as well. But uh, obviously, I uh, know had a, a pretty uh, you know, tough environment, whether it continues, uh, we'll find out soon. Yeah, but it was nice to get a little bit of positivity coming through. And CNI, that's the ticker code there, the share price lifted by 2%. Uh, I think it's a good one. Have a listen. You can do so via the show notes as well. It's like choosing between your children, really, because we do a lot of good interviews in a day. If you'd like just some you know, reporting season analysis, you can speak and listen to Henry Jennings. He's from Marcus Today. That's in uh, the show notes as well. Uh, let's stick with the reporting season theme, shall we? Telstra, it's a, it's a disappointing one often when reporting season comes around. Scotty, today was no exception. It was down by seven, more than 7% by the end of the session. Uh, again, talking about pandemic, but again, talking about the NBN. 
really, Andy Penn has a big job ahead of him with this T22 strategy, targeting a return on capital by 2023. So let's get the thoughts of Julia Lee from Berman Invest and Carl Capulinga from Think Markets on Telstra. The catalyst might be 5G. When you have right. a new product, it often refreshes the strategy and direction of the business. And I think moving uh, from NBN, where it's very low margin, to hopefully a, a fatter margin might be a positive. I think whenever it gets to around about that $3 level, it's time to accumulate for the longer term portfolio. So look, mm. disappointing for the short to medium yeah. term, but usually around that five do- uh, that $3 uh, level, it's it, it represents a buy or under that $3 level. And generally you see it moving back towards uh, closer to that $375, period over time. I think the dividend is probably the most pleasing element for investors, especially income investors, that are probably going to find it pretty hard to, um, you know, maintain their incomes from dividends over the next six to 12 months at least. Um, So that's that's one upside. I think the share price today reflects that sort of view of it's not great, but, but could have been worse. Um, Telstra has never really been much of a growth stock uh, anyway, so I don't think um, you would be reading into that report and looking for the, the you know, the key drivers of, of, of growth going forward. Juliet mentioned 5G, but, um, you know, those uh, uh, getting any solid uh, earnings, earnings expectations out of those is, is still not yet on the, on the horizon. We've got a bit of a mixed bag here, don't we? We've got short-term investors somewhat happy with it. Long-term investors are still dissatisfied, and, and when you put that together, it's probably not... Um, uh, providing a great investment case uh, at this point. And that was Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets giving his view on Telstra. Sporting season obviously continues tomorrow. We've got uh, a trading update coming from NAB. We've got iLuca out tomorrow as well, Scuddy. And a little bit of a hangover from today. Uh, we'll be speaking with the executive director of Evolution Mining, Jake Klein. So it'll be good to get a view on gold, on costs. These guys are pretty busy. You know, sometimes we let them squeeze in the next day, but we're looking forward to that one. Um, we have the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, in front of politicians tomorrow. Scotty, I have this feeling that you're going to be disappointed. Undoubtedly. I prepared myself for disappointment. I've been disappointed <laughs> so many times over the years, but uh, I don't think the politicians have got the nounce uh, or the understanding, to be honest, uh, in a lot of these things when it comes to monetary policy and, uh, and the economy, to go and actually ask the hard questions of the RBA. Uh, and I think someone needs to go and ask the bank exactly their, uh, their approach because you look at what their mandate is uh, over time and it's uh, inflation and that is what they're targeting. Uh, there's also other aspects to it uh, that involve around uh, the employment, the Australian dollar and the like. But uh, the bank has not been doing its job, uh, essentially. And unfortunately, tomorrow, I doubt we're going to go and hear uh, any politicians go and ask why uh, it's been unable to go and fulfill its mandate. But, uh, you know, maybe a miracle will happen, but uh, I'll be very surprised if it does. Okay, I will just play devil's advocate a little bit, because if you're talking about inflation, well, it's also global factors. It's the, uh, you know, move toward tech and AI and all of these sort of external factors that we've been talking about for quite some time that are playing into the inflation scenario. And part of the Reserve Bank's mandate is financial stability. And I remember having a chat with Paul Bloxham, HSBC's chief economist, a while back, admittedly, but saying that that will be the focus for the Reserve Bank right now. It wants fiscal stimulus to do more, and that is also part of its mandate. It is, and I'm glad you played devil's advocate. So let's go and let's go and I'll, <laughs> re- I'll, 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 re- I'll rebut that. So when it comes to what the RBA did, now we know, know Dr. Lowe's got a background when it comes to financial stability. He wrote a paper on it several decades ago. 
but then we saw what they tried to go and do with the, uh, the housing market uh, back in uh, 2017 when things were rocking along. And in cohorts with APRA, they tried to go and slow down the housing market through various mechanisms and everything else. And the RBA seemed so content there. Oh, it's okay, we'll be able to go and sustain as an economy. And then what happened was that APRA's restrictions became so punitive that the actual housing market started falling quite aggressively. And yet the RBA still did nothing. Mm-hmm. And then all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, like now we left in a scenario where the bank had to cut, 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 cut again. So the reason we're at 0.25, you're exactly right. There's a lot of uh, international factors that are at play. But it's also the RBA has been far too slow to go and see the writing on the wall. And it's not just on that occasion. It's been several occasions since the GFC. It does certainly seem to be in our uh, central bank that does have rose-colored glasses on um, at some points. Um, But we all live in hope, don't we? We hope that uh, the Reserve Bank governor gets grilled tomorrow. We'll be endeavoring to bring you some of that live on AusBiz. You can watch it via the app or on the website www.ausbiz.com.au. Now that I've got you, if you don't have our app downloaded, you should do so, especially in reporting season. So what it allows you to do is follow specific companies. And then when those companies are mentioned on the channel or analyzed, you'll get just a a, a notification at the end of the day with links to those interviews. So you can really keep up with the conversation around those companies or the topics, I should say topics, uh, that you can follow as well. So whether you're interested in credit, fixed income, ETFs, specific companies, macro, global, uh, markets, you can you can really get a tailored experience for you. But anyways, I'll get off my soapbox there. It's worthwhile. Um, tomorrow as well, Scotty, a data dump from China. Let's not forget that. Yeah, the data dump. I'm uh, always on the data dump. So all eyes on the retail sales figure in particular. We know that uh, the industrial side of the economy is purring like a, a well-oiled machine at this stage. It's whether there's any demand from the consumer to go and purchase those goods. Uh, which is the big question. So we'll find out around about midday tomorrow, Eastern time here. It's a Friday, Scotty. I'll see you then. Looking forward to it. See you then.